0: South Coast of 14. You heard, um, you heard the ad for Attorney Scott Lang. Now you can hear
1: Attorney Scott Lang yourself. He's he's joining us. He's live in studio with us, <clears throat> and he brought pizza from Ricardis. He did bring pizza and soda. and soda, and ice. When you're a gentleman, you just can't stop being a gentleman. It's difficult. It's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> um. Scott, we had a, a lovely start to the evening about talking Red Sox baseball. But your son, as I mentioned to the, to the reporter, he's still involved with, in fact, promoted up the ladder here with the uh, Cape Cod Baseball League. Andy is. What's Andy, Andy doing now? So Andy practices
2: law with me in the office. Right. And he uh, was, uh, started out as an uh, assistant to Tom Gay. Over in the Wareham Gateman, right? I think in two thousand twelve or thirteen, maybe maybe two thousand fourteen, and then he became GM. They won the championship in two thousand eighteen, right? He became president. Oh, hi. He became president, (laughs) and then and then now he has. uh, uh, he's been elected this past January as president of the Cape Cod baseball league. So he was president of the Gateman. Right. And now he's president of the league. So he's excited he's working hard at it and you know, his goal is to make sure that the Cape Cod baseball baseball league is the number one amateur baseball league in the country and, and they're all working hard. Uh, you know to see that they maintain that status.
1: When does the season start over there, Scott?
2: <clears throat> so the first games will start, and, and our closest team is Wareham. Right, and it plays right behind Wareham Town Hall, right on Route Six. Um, so uh, maybe two blocks from uh, Toby oh, Hospital.
1: It's Just, a. Gr- I've gone over. To, I've gone over with you. It's a. It's a great baseball game. It's free. So Buy a hot dog.
2: Right. It, no, it's 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 great. And I would say. Twenty minutes from New Bedford, right? Easy, easy ride. Either right down Route Six, yep. Right down Route Six, which is what I like to go because mm-hmm. you go by Cool Cone, <laughs> right? I, I, yeah, no. yeah, I always
0: take the Route Six ride to Wareham, yeah, it's which is easy.
2: perfect. Uh, you can take One Ninety Five, get off uh, at the Wareham Outdoor Mall exit, and right. uh, you know you're right there. But it uh, starts in June, runs, season goes forty. Four games, I believe, 44 games, so twenty-one at uh, 22 at home, 22 on the road. And then your uh, playoffs take place two weeks. And it's uh, great baseball, quiet. You can hear the bat crack. You can I'm hear not. hear the gloves, uh, the ball going in the gloves. Hear the cleats going through the dirt on the base pass. Hear the kids, uh, the players talking to each other. Sounds of summer. All right. You can talk, Marcus, if we go, we, we will go. We can talk. And we're not drowned out by incessant, uh, you know, a loud speaker system, crazy, you know, flashing lights, anything that goes on in a major league game now. It actually is a baseball game that you can watch.
1: It's, it's, it's really great. The price is right if you want to bring your kids. I mean, you're getting killed these days if, if you want to go to, to the Woo Sox or to the Red Sox. But for right over here, f- free parking, free admission. The hot dogs are inexpensive. Take the family over. It's a and, and even uh, Scott, as you pointed out to me, a lot of the parents are right there in the st- stand. Oh,
2: it's fine. The parents right. of the players come in yeah. from all over the country, so it's a vacation for them. They come to the Cape. Right. It, it, the Cape Cod League generates millions of dollars, and I don't want to put a I don't want to put a number on it, but I'll get it or Andy will get it. You know, at some point for right. you, but millions of dollars of tourist money each year uh, is generated for the Cape in this general area. Uh, by way of the uh, you know Cape Cod League,
1: it's oh. it's really fantastic.
2: Uh, great sponsors all over the Cape, local businesses yeah. sponsoring. Well, Major and also, league scouts in every
1: at every game. When you hear people say there's nothing to do or the things are so expensive, that that's true. But here's something to do that's not not expensive at all, and it's a real quality baseball game. And, and as right. the the Globe reporter Chad Finn said, you could be catching uh, the
0: next superstar. Exactly, the next Mike Trout could be out there.
2: Oh, there, and there's no doubt they you know the best players come <clears throat> to the Cape now. So Wareham is on this side of the bridge. Yes, if you're on the other side of the bridge. The Bourne Braves are, are right there. You can actually see the canal from the field. I think it's at the uh, the Volk, uh High School over in Bourne.
1: Then, uh, if and you, Nate's managing that team. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Sarah has come no, up to do no. Let me tell you about my
2: grandkids. No, 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 Chris. The, the other thing I wanted to say is that Falmouth, these are, in other words, let's assume throughout June and July and August, you decided living here in our area. Yes. They'd like to catch a game. And you'd also like to go out on the Cape. Now, right. do, it on, do it on a weeknight, not on a weekend. Yeah. Because of the traffic. Go down to Falmouth. Go to Hyannis. Just head up to Stetson Street. Put your thumb out. <laughs> no, <go to laughs> I Brewster. know a guy who's going that way. <laughs> right. It's a regular basis. But right. Brewster, Chatham, Orleans, Harwich. I mean, it's ten teams. Ten different areas of the Cape. Because every area of the Cape is a little bit different. You know, sure. It's kind of fun. And uh, and it's a great summer vacation. Every time I go to a game, I feel like I went on vacation. So it's, it's, it's a fun thing. So Andy has reached a point now where he's heavily involved in the day-to-day administration of the league. So that's everything from the players on the field uh, to the uh, I- administration, the spelling them out of jail. The team, no, no, <laughs> the, kids, the kids really have been very, 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 very solid. I the players say, have been yeah. very solid. Yeah. Um, in order to run a base, a, a Cape Cod League team, let's take the Gateman, which I'm very familiar with. Great, uh, great system of volunteers a, a uh, executive committee, a board, volunteers, uh, everything from housing for the kids, you know, right. guest families, people who work the canteen. The food is fantastic. Um, every, and then security, everything that you would need to run a facility, the actual facility itself over, over at the Wareham uh, uh, field. So then... The great thing about it on top of that is that they run a program that that Andy and Tom set up along the way. And and John Wilde is the man who put the Wareham Gateman together, and he deserves all the credit. He passed away about a decade ago. But what a perfect gentleman, great guy. People know him from around the area. And he put together this team off the Cape, which was blasphemous at the time. right? Right. But, but, But it works perfectly and it has won its share of championships. Um and has and traces its lineage back, by the way. The Cape League they're in their hundredth anniversary year this year. So a hundred years. Before wow. that they were playing kind of catch as catch can. But as a league, it's a hundred years old. Oh really? Wow, yes, that's cool. This year. A hundred years. And there have only been twelve presidents. Andy's a twelfth president. It's kind of interesting. That is so cool. it's had a lot of stability. But what I what I wanted to say though about uh, Wareham is He realized uh, very early, Andy, that the players had a great opportunity to be seen by professional scouts, get drafted, go on. You know, I mean, it's obvious that's what the league was set up for. Right. Right. But what he also realized is that if you put together scouting departments around the teams where college interns want to get into sports administration, get to intern. Right. Broadcasters. All right. uh, Press, you know, journalists, writers, photographers. So they have this whole unit The kids get some kids get college credits, right? Maybe they get a per diem, but they get college credits. And uh, he gave a stat the other day. I heard him speak at the at the uh, luncheon club in New Bedford. And he gave a stat that I believe there are like 60 kids that have gone through his program that are now involved in professional sports in a 10 year period. Really? So basically like six kids a year. Get interviewed and hired all over baseball, over different professional sports. It's a great opportunity if you're a a young man or woman who's looking to get involved in sports, marketing, broadcasting, scouting. uh, Get involved with a Cape Cod League team and play it uh, it through. Then the other kids see little leaguers there all the time, right? And then, and then uh, you know the bat boys, ball boys, ball bat girls, ball girls. The uh, ground crew. I mean, right. it's just it's the the whole gamut, but it's right there in Wareham. How does someone do that, Scott? You get in touch. Every Cape Cod League team has a uh, website, sure, and the website will clearly tell you how to. And you tell them you want to volunteer. Tell them you want housing. Tell them you want. I'd like to be considered as a bad girl, whatever it might be. Uh, and then uh, there'll be job postings and then internship postings, and you apply. You get interviewed. It's right about now is probably prime time to jump in. And if not, then you jump in next season. Sure.
0: So we're speaking with uh, former New Bedford Mayor Scott Lang. Um, Take a break now. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll get back.
3: Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. One's on the left. Left. The other on the Right. Right.
1: But they're both ready to call it right down the middle. More of Marcus and Chris on South Coast tonight here on WBSM.
0: Hey, Hi. Right. Welcome back to South Coast tonight. So, um, do we are we talking
1: politics or? I think I think that we have since we have Scott here. We we have to talk politics. Okay. We want to run some major questions by by the former mayor. What do you think about asking people a bunch of stuff about things? So you saw the city council <laughs> put together this three non-binding, right? Major policy questions. Yep. Um, no preparatory work. They just suddenly appeared, and now we're going to have a conversation until November when people vote on them. Um, we don't know where they came from. But they're here. Um, How do you feel about government by policy questions that are non-binding?
2: So I love this. I think this is great. And I think it's because we have such a power vacuum in the city right now. Okay. That it gets filled by people who say, hey, we were elected to do something. People haven't had an opportunity to weigh in. Okay. So let's put together some non-binding referendums and see what happens next. Now. Is it the way I would do it? No. Okay. Is it, it would I like to see a little bit? I, I don't believe that you got to spend six months to figure out what a non-binding referendum question is. Right. Would I have liked to have seen a few more sessions with the city council talking about it, maybe winning it down or changing the word right. uh, wording a little bit? But the idea that they're asking the people of the city, what direction do you want to go and in, and different things, I don't think is a bad a bad uh, way to act right now when it seems like we have no Uh, we have no uh, turnout maybe this will get some turnout going maybe this will get some community activity going but it's because there's a vacuum and that's and that vacuums get filled now what i i don't want to run it by plebiscite which which is what i think the the question was if you define that for for people
0: what do you mean by run that by pu- pu- uh, publicity? Yes,
2: we have a representative democracy, which right. means that we elect people to make judgment on different issues. Yes. Okay, and it's very important they stay connected, because they have a constituency they have to represent. So it's really important that you find out the people who elected you, how they feel. On the other hand, you got to be a leader also. Right. And at a certain point, you may have to lead, and you feel like you're, you know, sailing against the wind, whatever, but you got to lead. Right. But the idea of, and this is, this is something, I think there have been a couple of Funny little movies that I've seen over the years where people are sitting at their home, Marcus, with a button and it says, uh, <laughs> should we raise taxes today? And everybody re- pushes yes or no. Right. And they raise taxes. That would be a Puebla site where the people are telling that. In other words, you're not Sounds a, like a town meeting. You're a representative, yeah. you know, a little <laughs> bit. So, yeah, right now, a little bit. So uh although a town meeting you know you still have quorums and it's got to be published ahead of time and, right uh, you know and, mm-hmm. and someone a a uh a, a moderator is telling you whether or not that's appropriate or not this, um yes. i just think put it this way kind of live by it die by it all right so what i did <laughs> it's very it's very interesting what i did um and people will remember this uh i came in and i was told. Uh, just like I mentioned that clock before that ticks away and said it reminds me of a doomsday clock. <laughs> I was told that...
1: alarm clock is not really a doomsday clock. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. True, a, yeah. Well,
2: an alarm clock is, it's right? true. Yeah, yes. you're absolutely right. So I was told... Uh, I, I
0: think he was speaking more about, like, entropy, you know? Like, every clock is ticking away closer to the end of this civilization, all civilizations.
2: So it's always going to be uplifting tonight. I thought this was going to be like a take positive, <laughs> take the gun show. out of your mouth. Yeah, put it. You know, yeah. put on put on uh, sounds of silence and let's let's go to the next commercial. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, so and that's where I I miss not being able to sing because I would have broken it out into Hello Darkness, Smile. You know, but I I just can't sing. Um, what I wanted to say though is that, uh, and by the way, the, the reason I love. This Friday night show is because Chris and Marcus are friends of mine. I right. admire them both for what they do, and they asked me to come in and speak as if we were sitting, uh, you know, at a picnic table somewhere, sitting around
1: eating pizza, right? Fireside yes. chat, exactly. Right. Well, so here is yeah. what I want
2: to. Here is what I want to finish with. Though when I came in the office, I was told uh, in, in a, a week room. or two weeks, the water treatment plant is going to be adding
1: fluoride to the water. Oh, I remember that.
2: Yep. And I said, wait, let me make sure I understand this. I live in New Bedford, so explain to me how how this is happening. And they said, well, uh, a decision was made, okay? And don't ever forget that. A decision was made somewhere by somebody right, right. that we're going to put fluoride in the water. And I said, uh, I don't think that's something that you just put in the water and then tell people about it. I right. think you need a public discussion. And in fact, I want a referendum on this. A binding right. referendum, because I am not putting fluoride in the water unless people understand it, it's the greatest thing in the world, or it may not be. But people have to discuss it. right? It's been a conversation for generations since, in this country since right, the, since right after World <clears throat> War Two, right. right? So, so my feeling, and that was a full blown. I had, uh, I had a meeting in every ward people came out i mean a great number of people you first had a meeting in every ward i love meetings you didn't like just there.
0: you didn't just appear in in the city you didn't just appear one day and say hey i got some phone calls and here's a
2: ballot question yeah don't, don't don't do it but on the other hand if it's non-binding and and yeah you want to put it on the ballot right it's a pop quiz i'm all for it right <laughs> and discuss it and generate turnout i'm all for it and it means that there is a vacuum if you had a sound effect machine now, you'd turn on a vacuum and be like, <laughs> there is a vacuum in the city right now that people, uh, elected people, are attempting to, to uh, fill and get some guidance on What's the vacuum? The vacuum is that if you want to talk about rent control or affordable housing or how to get affordable housing going, the branches of government should be out there every day talking about it, having meetings, trying to figure out how you solve a housing Crises, uh, housing demand, a gentrification issue. You begin talking about the issues. You get the community involved. You don't duck them. You don't make a decision in, in one office or another or at the chamber or, or at the uh, chamber of the city council. You get the public involved. Right. We all live in the city. Right. Yeah. So do I have a problem with the fact that they came up with three uh, ballot questions? They probably could have come up with 30 of them. Well, we well, know that's that, the point. You know? <clears throat> Yeah, right. and, and shouldn't you know they, what? Should they, they did, just do their job? It's optional. It's optional. There were more. There were more blanks, I believe, on the four-year term regarding the difference between whether it passed or not. Right. Okay. Then, then were cast. Uh, in other words, more people didn't took a buy on that issue. Right. So you can take a buy on non-binding <clears throat> as well. But I thought it interesting when I read the article in the Standard Times, which was. On this issue, which should have been two or three pages to talk about, right, like we're talking about now, it was a, you know, four or five column type of half column, quarter column type of an article. But I thought it was interesting uh, that the mayor's response on the four year term was, well, it's well settled now and that's it. The turnout for the four year term was minuscule. The, the percentage that it won by was minuscule. There was no debate on the four-year term. I actually weighed in on the four-year term because there was no debate whatsoever. you on my
1: program, <laughs> you, and you yeah, bought ads. You bought ads. Yeah, there. and I
2: bought ads because they said, wait, let's think about this now. Right. If someone's doing a good job, they're gonna, they are gonna they can be, in there's no term line, you can be forever. Right. But a four-year term, there's an awful lot of mischief can take place in a four-year term, and the direction of the city can change very, very dramatically in a four-year period without any... In a sense, referendum on the direction by way of an election. But shouldn't the referendum be
0: the actual election itself? It sounds like they just want to run against the mayor without actually sacking up and doing it. Well, you mean on a four-year term? Well, yeah, just in general. These, well, the these four-year co-
2: term should be – the four-year, as far as I'm concerned, the four-year term – I don't know if it's this term. It is. Or if it's an, no, no. I don't know if it's this term or, or give it a couple to go. Oh, I but see. But it's not unusual. Far far had a four-year term. They knocked it out. Other places have had four year terms and said they're perfectly happy with it. Right. There's no to say the majority of cities at over a hundred thousand have a have a four year term and that's why we should have it is not a reason to have it. And by the way, we're thirty six square miles. I can get from the south end to the north end in about fifteen minutes. Yes. I can get from one from the east end of the city to the west end of the city in probably five minutes. Right. It's not on your as bike. if it's not as uh, on my bike easy. Right. It's not as if I am spread so thin from a geographical, of geographic and political standpoint, that uh, four years makes a lot of sense. And by the time the four years up, I've seen everybody. I can see everybody in a week. I have done that in a week. Right. I've held I've held a a ward meeting in every in every ward in a week.
1: Those great ideas forums. Great we ideas all over forums. The,
2: the fluoride forums. Whatever right. it was. Just. Kicking around CDBG, but none whatever of these, it might be.
1: That's the point,
0: though. None of these things were happening.
2: Well, that's just, why there's the well, a vacuum. The vacuum. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's the, the vacuum. vacuum. That's the problem. If it's run right every day, council knows what, what their role is. Mayor knows what their role is. Okay? The reps know what their role is. This is a great machine. This thing runs pretty well. The one thing, the oil of the machine are the people. Mm-hmm. And you got to hear from the people by putting together vehicles so you can hear from the people. So the city council decided. Okay, we'll put a pop quiz on. Good. Maybe it'll get people talking. Maybe it'll get a turnout. going. It's
1: definitely getting people talking. It's Good, definitely getting, getting people, people talking, talking. But going.
2: but also, it may be talking for the wrong reason. Well, that's but I don't that's exactly
1: you. what it that's well that's exactly
0: what it is. And I think again, I, I talk about the CPA question because it feels the most egregious. You had one city councilor basically say, "I got some phone calls. Nobody else said they got any phone calls." But they all just sort of blithely went around uh, along with it anyway. I,
2: I want to say something on C- CPA. CPA should not. First of all, you want to do an advisory ballot on anything. Who is anyone to say don't? Okay. But CPA is something that that works extremely well. Yes. It's very important in exactly. a historic city. Right. And uh, the the, look, the answer on a CPA is you have to really be t- careful about your tax rate and right. really careful about your taxes. Because at a certain point, if people feel they have no recourse on taxes, then they think they have a recourse on CPA. CPA should start out as the priority. Mm-hmm. The percentage of tax for CPA should start out as a priority. This this is the floor we have. Let's then start and build our government from there. If you do two and a half every every year, if you think that the the tax ceiling is as high as the sky, you're in big trouble. Right. All right? And then the first thing people look at is, well, what about the CPA? Right. Let's get rid of the CPA. That'll give me tax relief. You, that won't give you tax no. relief because in the long run, you'll pay more in taxes for the things that you would have fixed with CPA. Right. right. So it's maddening, but it's maddening because there is this was this was uh, a city that had a thoughtful debate on a regular basis. I never read in the paper before the, where the city council, it says the city council must have met, ex- uh, you know, must have met, uh, broke the open meeting law right. to, write, to write these questions. I don't believe that is uh, the only conclusion you can have in any way. I, I think, can write. I can I, tell I, you this it's. I think, it's, a, a commercial I think it's, a, break.
1: it's not the only conclusion. It's a reasonable one. It, it's a reasonable one, Scott, because because when you watch the, the debates, and Relax. there Relax. are none in yeah. the city council, it, it appears to be so orchestrated it's ridiculous.
2: Well, except except for this. Your next commercial break, let's each write four questions we'd like to have the voters weigh in on or the voters of the united states weigh in on and i'm sure we're going to be able to do it and i'll support yours if you support mine and you support mine if i support yours we haven't violated anything right but we've uh, we've all said okay let's go now we also if we rank ordered things within the city one would probably be housing yes to to, to my to my delight one is a four-year term (coughs) because i don't think it works for the city Mm -hmm. and then the other one is cpa which i think that's uh, that's something that
0: it's entirely based on the whimsy of one counselor.
2: Well, I don't I don't I don't know that, and I know if it gets X number of votes, then it's not on the whimsy because no one's no one is, lacks courage on the council to get up and say I'm not. I I'm don't not going to consider that. Actually, I,
1: I think I think actually, Mr. Mayor, that, that that is one of the things that is lacking. Yeah, I think so. Is I don't think people people are fighting for their own personal beliefs anymore the way they used to. That there's a there's a um, a, a click there's a there's a we're all friends it's us against the world type mentality At least that's the impression i'm getting well, well, as an observer has well,
2: always had has had a mentality that it the council is the council all right but i but i know each of these counselors personally as you do yes and i can't imagine if any of them found either thought that there was a violation of the open meeting law or found one of these issues not to be something that they're interested in that they wouldn't have stood up and said no i'm take a personal privilege i'm not i'm not going to support that or move it to the next meeting or whatever it might be and, and yet well, it didn't happen well but but well, that's it didn't happen because maybe there's a vacuum well and there's a saying, va- let's, that, pro- let's yes. promote some let's promote some talk you know
1: let's go to the phones
2: good evening
4: Hi, good evening. Um, my first topic is that place, uh, Slices, you guys mentioned yes, a little bit yes, yes.
0: ago.
4: <laughs> yeah. I used to love that place. We
0: all did. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Oh,
4: my God. That I, I haven't thought about that place in a while, and I don't know what happened to them. I was like, why would they go under? They had such a, Scott a had really Scott good because,
1: because it was mayhem with a slice of pizza. That's why.
4: Yeah, you get a slice at like one thirty-two in the morning. And a show. Yeah, <laughs> and a show. Um <laughs> My next topic is going back to the baseball, if that's okay. Sure, Sure. that's perfect. So so I caught the tail end of that discussion. Didn't, I don't know if you mentioned it, but didn't you bet to try to get in on that at one point? Yes, yes. I I think they had a bear scan for a week or something.
2: No, what happened happened was we, uh, I believe two years in a row we had three games. And they sold, I think the first year we had two, then we had three for a couple of years. Wareham was the host team. Uh, the high school Walshfield was literally sold out. It was right. it was a great venue, and I went to the Cape Cod League as uh, representing the city. You know, as a mayor, and said I'd like to have six games, and the Cape Cod League debated it and said no, we uh, we won't give you six games. At that time, uh, the NECBL, which is the New England uh, Collegiate Baseball League had a team in Torrington, Connecticut, that was looking to relocate. Torrington is where the kid who uh, pitches for uh, the Nationals, the the really great pitcher who's been hurt the last two years, he pitched for Torrington. That's how Torrington was on the map at that time. And uh, uh, they came to New Bedford and said, and Faye Vincent was the commissioner at the time, and they came to New Bedford and said they wanted to put a NECBL team in New Bedford. So we went to the Cape League and said, "Look, we want six games," and they said no. And the NACBL came, team came to New Bedford, and I think they did their their announcement at the end zone. Uh, and they called themselves the Bay Sox.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm a, yep, you know, sure.
2: And that and that they were here for thirteen or fourteen years. They stopped playing during the pandemic.
1: Okay. They want a liquor license. I remember yeah, there was yeah, that. And I was totally right. against that. Right. I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah. I am not fun. I was <laughs> against liquor license, <laughs> slices, slices right. you name it. Yeah, just oh, not
3: but
4: uh, With a follow-up comment about that, yeah.
2: um,
4: Brockton has an independent league, and we used to go down there for games. And they were fun. You know, you get like a doll at the time, like a not dollar draft, a couple of drafts and just watch. I don't know what the name of that baseball So well, let me you ask get. you a
2: question. When you went to the Brockton Rocks, that was Bill they name. were part of the uh, independent league system. And they were, uh, I'll think of it in a minute, but it was a, a U.S.-Canadian league. And, yep. and you—that's when you probably went. That's when they built the stadium. And Bill Murray, as you just said, was part of it. Um, yeah,
4: Bill Murray showed up there a couple times. Yeah, he was one of the owners, right,
2: you know. right. And and that was great baseball. And that was uh, that that league is still around. Uh, and that league has like I think two teams up in Canada. Those are the only two uh, baseball teams in Canada.
4: Well, I know I, I saw Oil Cam Boyd pitch yeah. there. Uh, you know, past his prime, but they still brought him in for. I think a season or something like that. But that was cool. But uh, has New Bedford ever looked at going into, you know, that league at all? So all
2: the time. In fact, I want to give credit. Brian Gomes, uh, back in the uh, probably mid-90s, was trying to get a, a independent league or a minor league team in New Bedford. You he absolutely had a place for a baseball stadium. Yes. I mean, he was pushing it really hard. Uh, didn't get, you know... Didn't get the financial backing that you need in order to do it, but Brian had championed that, so we were trying to do it. When the uh, uh, been, there were a couple of minor league teams that were looking to relocate that we pitched uh, oh, yeah. when I was mayor, you know. But the problem is, first of all, Brockton, the rocks folded. But when the rocks folded, the stadium did not collapse. Right, so they still have a stadium.
1: Campinelli's and it's paid a nice it. stadium. Yeah, Campanelli's a yeah. paid for it.
2: Right. Yeah, nice stadium, and they play their uh, Legion games there. They play the Futures League out of there now. Uh, oh, okay. So they so they still have use the stadium there too. Yes. Yeah. So well, you know, just something to think about. No, no, it's great for your call. Now we we had a we were talking off air, and we were saying that if you said to the callers, like yourself, sir, or like Mr. Camacho. Call in and let's talk, let's focus on your experience on whatever it might be. And we were talking about, uh, car, God bless you, car dealerships or right. restaurants or, uh, you know, neighborhood bars. You would have a show that at 10 o'clock at night, people were saying, can you extend the show for another hour right. Right. To, so, to hear about this? Or your first car, you know, that kind of a thing. It's just it's fun. People start remembering uh, things based on a topic that's presented. Uh, probably not non-binding referendums. <laughs> probably your first car, I think, <laughs> generates it generates the, the phone calls. Hey, know?
0: thanks for the call. We appreciate, I appreciate it. it. I
4: appreciate it. Thank, yeah. You. Yeah. Right.
0: Thank you, sir. Um, so we're going to take a break. We got a call line, but we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, welcome back. Uh, we got a call in line. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen.
1: Hey, I recognize, I
2: recognize that voice, but who would that be?
1: <laughs> Senator Mark Montigny, how are you, my friend?
3: Well, it's good to hear from all of you. How are you, Chris, especially, although I love the other gentlemen that are with you also. I don't use love lightly, by the way. I'm doing well.
1: I'm doing well. Thank good. you.
3: Good, good. Well, I was just having a relatively relaxing boring Friday night and i heard I heard Scott Lang talk about closing slices and denying liquor licenses at the baseball game and then to, to begin the whole thing he talked about hard copy books god forbid books
2: oh it's it's uh, i I think i've I don't think I'm old school I think I'm a dinosaur at this point, you know, and I apologize. <laughs> I'm glad you brought I, I, me into I, I the stand, modern era. I stand
3: with you, although you're senior to me in, in uh, days on earth, years on earth.
2: Well, you know, two guys in there. Uh, two guys in their
3: early fifties. That's that's not <laughs> anything. That's a <laughs> big deal. I have to tell you one little story about hard copy books and newspapers. Uh, as Chris knows, I think I've been reading the hard copy of the Wall Street Journal every day since I was about eighteen. Yep. And this truth choo- stories one recently two gentlemen maybe in their 30s or 40s so not you know teenagers walked by as i was reading the wall street journal one laughed and pointed and the other one said i haven't seen a newspaper in a while (laughs) so i started to think about my my age and then at another point i had a book and someone actually said, did you get that in an antique shop? That's uh, a true story. Uh, <laughs> and, and didn't smile. I mean, I expected a, a smirk at least. Uh, the truth is, I just don't know how to use any of those uh, electronic means to read. Like, what is it? The Kindle and the Note. Yeah, and and even you can't read it on, on the, one.
2: In the sunlight. I would not get I think. On one. They're distracting. Now, Senator, your ears must have been burning yesterday. I had someone in my office talking about... Mark Montigny, the track star, and and well, talking I mean, that about that was only
3: a couple of years ago. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they,
2: they, said they, they said they thought it was in the late nineties, I think. But they <laughs> they uh, were talking about it, and I was saying, you know, it sounded like they were talking about Jim Ryan or somebody. You know, they were, they were talking about how how you basically put track. They basically what they said was he put track back on. The uh, the map again after after you know years of it being in decline he put it back on the map and I, I thought to that myself believe- that, that that would be that would be a great story I've never seen that story published but that would be a great story and it came what it, it, you, and you followed that through at the university
3: as well correct I did I actually had a more um, accomplished career. Ex-jocks never stop talking about themselves, so forgive me. Like my father used to say, if you want to know how crazy is, ask him. Um, <laughs> and my father had the greatest sense of humor. that I don't think any of you were uh, uh, privileged to hear it, but he just every day had had a one, every hour it seemed had a one-liner. But what happened, so I, I think I had some speed, and some would suggest from from the mischief in the neighborhood I learned to run. But I didn't have the natural ability. Like I ran with some, superb runners at New Bedford Vocational and at New Bedford High School um, where where even with the intense rivalries uh, there's great friendship like I still when Steve Gardner posts something about uh, the birthday as he does every single athlete that he's had he posts their birthday on uh, social media I'm sure to the great joy of some and the chagrin of others but it's, it's wonderful because I'll pipe in although they were my rivals and There's such great friendships still. So my chief rival, who was actually a better athlete uh, than I was, was Russell Berry. But, and I've been trying to teach my son this, because he'll ask me about, you know, the concept of the underdog that I'm always rooting for, and now he seems to do the same. And I tell him about how uh, hard work and focus, but sometimes just being more psyched up and the adrenaline flowing. So Russell Berry and I had this intense rivalry. And in, in the standard times, there's three photos, big black and white photos. One, I'm ahead going over the, the hurdle, maybe the second or third hurdle. Then at the sixth or seventh, I hit it, and he's maybe an inch or two ahead. And then the finish line where he beats me by less than a tenth of a second. It was probably more like in the hundreds. And he was a better athlete. I just wanted it on that particular day um, more. And and the lesson being for me that, and my brother John the same, in fact, Coach Sousa, who was just wonderful, wonderful track coach and then coached out at UMass. Um, coach Souser one day at, at, the, um, at a speech he gave either at my or my brother's Hall of Fame uh, induction said, you know, the only one who ever outworked Mark was his brother John. John was a year younger, a few inches shorter, And he was intense and still is at at anything he applies himself to. But the lesson on that one, Scott, thank you for giving me such a softball, because if you had asked me anything on baseball, I wouldn't have been able to compete or even enter the discussion with you guys. But on track, I can. Um, The lesson was hard work. I mean, I earned it. And by college, I think my my body just matured more because in my first freshman track meet – I did the 400 meter hurdles which is a step up in high school it was the 330 yard or 300 meter low and then the and then the 100 meter high or 110 meter high excuse me and the 400 meters is tough i mean you're running almost full speed so you need the endurance and the speed but if you don't have the hurdle form um you're done and i could literally and my son gets the biggest charge out of this i could literally 15, 20, 30 hurdles in a row, knock a nickel off the hurdle without hitting the hurdle because I practiced so, so much. I had two hurdles behind my garage, and they were set up on the sidewalk in front of my house after practice. And I think at the end of the day, that cost me. I've had both hips replaced at a pretty early age. And and the best we could figure, my brother John also has had both hips replaced. We had no other, um, you know, history of it in the family. We were so intense, and of course, doing that on the cement <laughs> uh, in hindsight was not very wise. But that's what it took. And by the time I was a freshman at UMass, I, I won the New Englands and, and actually held the New England record for a while. So I did have a better um, record in, in college than even high school. But it was through hard work. No, no silver spoon there.
2: So the the uh, I, I think in in recalling the conversation I was having yesterday they were they indicated literally you put New Bedford track back you know back on the map and also something the kids wanted to aspire to again. The I know you've been by the uh, the Keith the old Keith junior high site where we have a, a an NCAA approved track there and more and more kids are running again. It's just it's such a great sport. And it's, it's a sport, awesome as you just said, that you come home at night and you're still
3: practicing. It, but it's awesome to see that for the young kids. We didn't have it. So Keith had some great teams, like some some people that I had so much admiration for, like Keith Francis, who right. who is, is no longer with us, and Kenny Francis, the same, two two incredible athletes. Um, and I shouldn't even start names because there's so many great ones that we look up to. But they had the opportunity to run in seventh and eighth grade at Keith, and we never did, and the only reason I discovered track, frankly, is I went out for football, to the tremendous chagrin of my poor mom, uh, God God rest her soul, um, she was determined that we were not going to play tackle football, so we showed up at school, John Conlon, who was one of the hardest hitting linebackers from the Bedford area ever, again, he's, uh, um, rest his soul, he's passed, um, he was Dating my sister at the time and we would go to the games and you know, people just loved watching him play football. So we had that sort of in our, in our spirit mm-hmm. in eighth grade, we showed up, my mother sent us off to school and we said, you know, there'll be signups uh, after school. And she said, well, that's great. I'm so happy that you're both going to choose cross country. I think you'd <laughs> really, you know, uh, do well at it. And we came home with football equipment. Right. And and she, you know, was very unhappy. I think I think she was way ahead of her time on on this subject, frankly, and she was right. Um, and I will uh,
2: sad. Your, your mother was seldom wrong though, right? self
3: very self
2: Yeah, it's, and 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 Even when
3: I thought she was, she was not.
2: And, and, we, and we, while we didn't know your dad, we did know your mom. Your mom was a wonderful woman.
3: And we, so the world's worse of a place without her, I think. Yeah, for sure. my dad was a, a fabulous, fabulous dad, too. Um, but long story short, we, I did play football for four years. And, and was not great at it. it. It would even be an exaggeration to say good. I loved the sport, but I went out for track. To get in shape for football, and kind of found my my calling at the time. It kept me it kept me out of hmm. all of the mischief that I was heading towards. Frankly. It's funny cause because it's winner it's sport. You're
2: absolutely right that that it can be an alternative sport, and you turn out to find out that you're that you're a great track athlete. You know,
3: well, and you know it's even though the team sport is awesome, and, and of course the track team winning is still a team sport. But ultimately, you got to dig down. deep. Oh, yeah. You're out there alone. You're on hmm. the starting line alone, and you're crossing the finish line alone and and you know my goal was to make sure i crossed the finish line alone running away from it with people far behind mm-hmm. <laughs> but that yeah. took years of hard work and,
0: and that and that trained you to be a maverick in the in the uh in the state senate
3: and i still am he's <laughs> a rock. maverick all right
2: That's I the, am. <laughs> so senator i want to say something first i never held you against your mom i want to tell you that now, number one <laughs> oh, number two more importantly though the idea that you would call to say hi—I I mean, at, at some point we may want to ask you how how things are doing up on the hill. But um, well, you know, I love
3: thing, when the one thing I don't answer is questions. Yeah, so that's good though. But What I want to say is this: <laughs> I love I like
2: when you know I'm I'm here. I, I this Friday night show is really fun to come on. I love when people who are in public service call up the, the show like you just did to talk about anything but or anything other than right. whatever it is on their mind and it makes the show fun it's interesting and it also i have such high regard for uh, you and and your colleagues that it, it's good to you know hear you and see how you're doing um but um i think there are there are some questions how does how does the uh how does the session feel to you at this point? I know, mean, brand new governor, new elected, uh, you know, state elected, wide officials. How do you how do you see it going? How do how do you well, feel about it?
0: And you got about a minute
1: to answer. Yeah, so you're okay. perfect. Well oh, we can hold you over till the next
3: hour. Yeah, yeah no, you know what? I I can hold if you guys want me to. For oh, I would. 15. I'd love to hear yeah. a report yeah, on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'd love to hear that that'd
3: report, be great.
2: especially with some of the things going on right now. You no, could no, give I'm us an hoping, inside I'm view. That's that terrific.
3: Forget, by the time the commercials come on, we'll get back in. space. <laughs> he, he's
1: a lawyer. He's not going to forget. He took <laughs> notes. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, this right. is a do deposition.
3: To, do you want me to begin the answer now, or do you want to wait?
1: To <laughs> no, post- tell us something let, else.
0: Let's, let's wait because we've got like 30 seconds before the satellite kicks in. Tell, tell us
1: you sure. your memories of slices before the mayor shut it down.
3: <laughs> well, you know.
2: I really didn't shut say, it down. It I shut itself down.
3: I'm just going to say there were a few different places in New Bedford that I had uh, meals at well beyond the dinner hour and well before the breakfast hour. <laughs> Can I leave it at that? You, you may, sir. <laughs> I even remember the Golden Greek. Oh. Right. Oh, I remember. Which is still around, yeah. and, and uh,
2: yeah. it's a great little place to it's go. do yeah, yeah, not I open, don't
0: open at 3 a.m. Right. Anymore. Yeah, no, you, you, can't, you can't pass out in your eggs anymore. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs>